0: No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast. Derek Van Ryper here with Mario Puig. It is Monday, June 19th. Nice Monday evening slate on tap for today. 11 games in total. And it's a Kershaw day thanks to an adjustment the Dodgers made prior to the weekend. Uh, Kershaw goes today up against uh, the Mets. And it's a home start for Clayton Kershaw as well. He's 12,500 on FanDuel. The player fade Kershaw question, I don't know. I mean, it comes down to just a, a format sort of thing. In cash, you're going to find a way to build a lineup you like around him pretty much every day, as long as there's at least more than like four other games to choose from for the contest you're in. But the bigger question is if you are going away from Kershaw, either in cash or just as a, a way of targeting an ace for for GPP purposes, does your interest lie mostly in John Lester against the Padres? He's at home for 9900 Johnny Cueto on the road against the Braves at ninety seven hundred, or Corey Kluber at ten thousand three hundred on the road against an Orioles team that's, of course, without Chris Davis.
2: Well, I think Kluber is is a really good tournament option. Uh, for some reason, I feel a little safer in cash setting with John Lester, if only because the win probability, uh the weaker opponent, certainly. Although I consider Kluber a better pitcher by a significant margin. Uh, it's it's if we're if we're just trying to hit that uh, halfway point, I, I feel a little
1: more comfortable with Lester. Yeah, I'm at the same point as you are because Lester goes up against Clayton Richard. Uh, that gives the Cubs plenty to uh, tee off on from an offensive standpoint. And Dylan Bundy going for the Orioles gives the Indians a little bit more of a, of a difficult matchup uh, by comparison. So I think that's pretty good logic as far as the the value. Uh, of the win and and even with quality starts you still want to get the win of course whenever possible uh, so that makes a lot of sense and I think you can make lineups in, in GPPs that have Kershaw in them and get away with it because there are some very low price hitters we'll talk about them throughout this episode uh, some other cheaper pitchers to bring up uh, Brad Peacock goes on the road to Oakland the A's strike out a lot 25.1 percent against righties They've been a slightly above average offense thus far against righties, but not an extreme. It's not a case where they're like top five or anything like that. They're just a tick better than like the typical team against righties. So a little bit of risk, but the potential for the reward at 7,200 Peacock's made enough starts now where you're not really that worried about workload in any given outing. As long as he stays out of trouble, he should be able to go six, possibly seven innings if he's pitching well
2: right and the the pitcher on the other side Gossett, is it yeah so he's he had good minors numbers but he's been getting rocked so far in the majors and it seems like uh, the general expectation is it's he's not stepping into a, a good setting today so there should be run support for peacock uh the risk of him you know pitching fewer than six innings is very real but uh still a good chance he gets the win i think even if he doesn't uh have his smoothest outing uh, one thing encouraging about the Athletics matchup specifically is, you know, they also uh, don't walk a great deal, and that's Peacock's main vulnerability is letting guys on base uh, with the walk. So uh, this could be a scenario where he just steps into, you know, run support, uh, favorable stadium, and then uh, just kind of strikes out people and against a team that's not too good at,
1: you know, exploiting his main weakness. Yeah, it's funny that for a guy that's made I think five starts now. He's gone more than five innings one time. That was June 4th against Texas. But he's got 10, 9, 8, and 8 in the strikeout. His strikeout rate wrong. has
2: gone way up. And it like initially this year, it was just like, oh, well, that's because he's in the bullpen. And it's like, actually, he's almost like gotten higher pace with his strikeouts since going into a starting
1: role. Yeah, so there's a good amount to like uh, with Brad Peacock. The advantage of going that cheap today. Uh, there are a lot of mid-range and lower-end starters who seem pretty vulnerable to a blow up. So you could stack Astros against Daniel Gossett if you wanted to not worry about the price. If if Brad Peacock is your pitcher, Uh, you could load up on premium bats against multiple bottom end guys. The the turkeys, as you like to call them, Um, you go further down the price list. You see Scott Feldman going up against the Tampa Bay team. That's done a lot of damage against righties this year. Clayton Richard, as I mentioned before, going into Wrigley. I think the right-handed Cubs are pretty interesting. Matt Garza, Maybe better than I thought coming into the season, but I think his splits against lefties are still bad enough where you could see uh, the Pirates doing a little bit of damage with the park boost they get going into Miller Park, uh, the Tigers against Sam Gaviglio, uh, maybe the Red Sox against Jason Hamill. The Red Sox have been fool's gold more often than not, though. Like They have not produced at anything close to last year's level. We knew they were going to miss David Ortiz, but I didn't expect the drop to be this sharp and there really hasn't been a lot of consistent growth from them in recent weeks that makes you think okay they're on the verge of snapping out of it it would seem to have
2: to happen eventually at least for a guy like Mookie Betts and and I don't know what Bogarts has been doing lately but he was his power was really lagging to start the year um yeah and, and Moreland just kind of hits doubles on his best days and isn't really giving the uh, ortiz you know power in the lineup and hanley's been hurt so i i get the worry there and hamill you know is, is probably much safer in in kansas city than he is in most other stadiums um still still think they should be able to do well today like it seems like vegas expects them to anyway um i probably won't have too many of their bats if only because i'm mostly looking at uh, anibal sanchez and uh the texas guy whose name i refuse to learn and yeah so i, w- I will say quickly though i, I think uh, it, as far as viable pitchers to pick uh i think roark could make some sense also uh going into that big miami stadium and uh he he's t- tends to be pretty safe from righties and that's like the most f- that's the most uh frightening part of the miami lineup is
1: stanton and ozuna obviously i just wish with roark the the price were in the high seven thousands at 800 yeah. it's okay and not great so i probably won't have him anywhere today but yeah austin bibbins dirk's going again for the rangers he's home against the jays gossett home against the uh, houston hector velasquez who's been great at triple a this year but probably doesn't have the stuff to really keep big league hitters quiet he goes into Kansas City to face the Royals, so some Kansas City exposure may be on tap for me as well. Anibal Sanchez back from Toledo. I don't think there's a lot there to get excited about. So uh, the pricing on Seattle bats continues to surprise me. I, I, I see Robbie Cano at 3300 and Kyle Seeger at 3200 is two guys in particular that should cost it at least at least in Seeger's case probably five to seven hundred dollars more most days. Cano should be probably low four thousands. Overall, though second basemen have been priced down this year. Jose Altuve for a while was cruising just below four thousand. Daniel Murphy was cruising below four thousand. They're up over that mark now at forty three and forty two hundred. So that's at least changed. But for a while, you could really take advantage of some nice discounts at the Keystone, and and now Robinson Cano is kind of that everyday sort of consideration. Yeah, and at that price, I
2: we would have to guess right that. Uh the chalk at second base is going to be very heavily concentrated around Cano, and then at twenty one hundred Javier Baez, who if he's in the lineup, is at home against a lefty, and his home versus lefty splits are pretty nuts so far in his career. It's, obviously, it's there's a bit of noise in, in a, a modest sample like that, but uh, trying to get the uh, the number up here. But yeah, at home against lefties. Uh, over 112 appearances, Baez has a 304 average, uh five homers. So, at that price, uh, against Clayton Richard, that's going to be pretty tempting. As tempting as Cano also is. Yeah, I think it gives you a little more flexibility
1: elsewhere if you're trying to build that lineup with Kershaw. To get Baez, to Kershaw, Kershaw Baez. we have to think is going to be pretty uh, common today. Yeah, especially if Baez ends up popping up hard of the order or somehow higher up right. in the Cubs lineup. Uh, Garrett Cole goes into Milwaukee. I mean, we, we know with Cole, the problem going back to last season is that he's been vulnerable to long balls against lefties in particular. His home run rate's up overall, but lefties are doing the bulk of that damage. The Brewers have two good ones now, and Eric Thames and Travis Shaw. Miller Park, as we've talked about throughout this season, uh, boosts up left-handed power more than any other park in the game right now. So the setup for Cole is less than ideal, but he's only 8,300 on FanDuel. So, as you were thinking about building tournament lineups, did Garrett Cole receive serious consideration for you as as one option to consider? Because it, even though, even though the park is a rough setup and and Thames and Shaw could do some damage, if Cole's pitching well, the Brewers tend to inflate strikeouts. They are at the higher end of the scale, especially against righties, with the amount they whiff.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, and and yet the, the Brewers are a scary enough lineup that. Uh, their their strikeout rate probably won't attract that high of ownership relative to you know most of the time without a strikeout rate like that and a player like Cole would merit so uh, yeah he should be pretty lowly owned and he should be in a context where he you know has theoretically a tournament type upside that you w- want um, definitely not a cash game option but for a
1: tournament I, th- I think he makes plenty of sense. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to attack it, though, from a hitting perspective. I mentioned pretty much all Royals against Hector Velasquez should be in play. Uh, All Mariners against Anibal Sanchez. Lefties get a better park boost in that park. Uh, same goes for the Tigers going up against Gaviglio. Giants against R.A. Dickey make yeah. a lot of sense. I mean, lefties you know, are, are getting the, the biggest boost at SunTrust so far. Belt and Panic are pretty cheap. Very, uh, very affordable. Belt's only 3000 flat today, so that's pretty interesting, too, if you're going away from the Ryan Zimmerman, Eric Thames tier at first base. Uh, all Astros against Gossett. Uh, lefty Brewers against Cole. Lefty Pirates against Garza. Lefty Rays against Feldman makes sense. Lefty Dodgers against Wheeler, so that's where the the bulk of our interest will be. And left all, all Jays against Austin Bibbins, Dirks, but left-handed Blue Jays in particular. A guy like Justin Smoke could make a lot of sense too. Smoke and Morales are both pretty affordable on the slate. It's unfortunate you have to choose between the two yeah. every time. I hate that about the DH spot.
2: Yep. Yeah. And uh, before it was uh, always, last year it was always like, do you want Edwin or uh, Smoke or, uh, yeah, anyway. So you can't get them both and, and probably a good chance that only one of them does well.
1: I also wonder if today is a day where the Nats ownership goes down a little bit it because will. of all these other matchups and because it's in Miami, but right-handed Nats against Justin yeah. Nicolino is pretty interesting. And Zimmerman obviously
2: can hit it out of that park, so uh the stadium shouldn't really matter with him and making him a nice tournament target. Uh but yeah, uh, who who's the other, like Rendon I guess could
1: Rendon yeah this is this is a good Rendon sort of day even though he's up at 3800 and he looks more and more like Kenny Powers every day (laughs) yeah that uh so yeah the the the
2: Nats are a pretty good tournament uh stack I think too because Nicolino is bad enough that the
1: stadium just isn't really a relevant variable sliding over to catcher though will look kind of position by position uh you know alex avila is up at 3600 i wish you were a little cheaper but the matchup is a good one all, all these top
2: three guy, i guess four even five even catchers are, are pretty interesting but their prices kind of push you downward but like yeah posey against Dickey would be nice if you can somehow afford it uh perez got a lot of power he can hit righties at home too um but realistically if, if we're paying up for kershaw we're probably going below three thousand, where there's still plenty of options, and uh, I guess Weeders would make sense for that. Nat Stack he does better against lefties traditionally. Um, I like Mizarocco if he's in. I think could take Odorizzi deep because Odorizzi, even though he's at home, he's he's kind of had lucky numbers at home this year, and he's always been kind of vulnerable on the road. And his 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 peripheral stats seem to say that he's due for. Uh, some bad luck at home instead of a good one that's been covering him up and then also uh yeah Wilson Contreras at 2400 might be the chalkiest on the board if he's in today which he should be against
1: a lefty. Yeah, I love the the Contreras call uh, assuming he gets the nod with John Lester pitching today uh for the Cubs, but it's a great spot against Clayton Richard. Uh looking over at first base, I mean, again, there are high end options that are, are worth considering. Zimmerman at 3,900, Eric Thames at 3,800, going up against Nicolino and Garrett Cole, respectively. Uh, Smoke against Austin Bibbons, Dirks. Uh, Edwin Carnas Yellen's been on fire. I wonder if this is one of those days where he gets low ownership because it's against Dylan Bundy. And yet, in GPPs, that could still make a lot of sense because the payoff could be big. Yeah, I guess I f- the way I feel about
2: him, though, is there's this should be a high scoring day at first base or at least it it has the upside to do that in which case i feel like you can get a you know pretty high probability of of a similar upside and similarly low ownership if you just look at a little bit safer spots like i've been skeptical a little bit of bundy like he had that velocity dip early in this year but he just doesn't seem to like have bad games at least especially not at home um so i feel like it's like a pretty bad matchup for edwin and when you can probably get similarly low ownership with a guy like i don't know morales
1: or something and I'd, I'd probably feel more comfortable with him in a vacuum even so brandon belt and the giants just came from a four-game series in colorado he got a day off against the lefty on saturday had one hit in 13 at bats in colorado over the weekend recent form has been pretty shaky hmm. uh, beginning of june belt was kind of locked in had a stretch where he had five double digit fan point games in a span of, of six contests uh aria dickey has been blown up all but two starts this season i think belt makes a lot of sense especially in gpps i think in cash though i'd be more inclined to play josh bell at 2900 i think with bell uh the floor is a little bit safer garza to me is not to be feared and i just like that that bell switch hits so if the brewers bring in a lefty late in this game he hits from the right side and in miller park is just good for boosting home do runs they only hitters have on both sides. does that they're only lefty uh i think as of right now it may only be hater, yeah. Hmm. But at least he can at least he can yeah. hit righty against them as opposed yeah, yeah. to having to stand in there as a lefty. Yeah. So Bell makes
2: plenty of sense too. Uh, but yeah, it's like I, I guess I just don't really want to test my luck with Edwin when guys like uh, yeah uh, Josh Bell, Morales, even yeah Bell to I don't know. There's somebody else who I was looking way lower, but uh, eh, never mind. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I I like a lot of those first base options, and uh, Belt I, I feel like is kind of due for a, a good stretch here. Like he has the same contact basically as previous years, just the babbip's really low, and even with a low babbip, the ISO is only like I don't know eight or ten points behind where it was last year. So I think he's going to have a surge of both average and power
1: coming up, and why not in that stadium against Dickey? So at second base, Robbie Cano at thirty three hundred is going to be the chalkiest play out there maybe Baez Baez will be maybe second in GPPs assuming he's in the lineup today because it's a
2: Kershaw Kershaw day I can imagine the 2100 guy being like 30
1: plus or something like that and can know something similar certainly so Joe Panic at 2800 is another interesting name it's high in the order I mean that makes some sense he doesn't have big power but will right. help take care of that anybody else at second base that really kind of caught your eye
2: Not really, no. Um, I'm making one last
1: run through. Scooter's 2,400 against Odorizzi, but that that happened already. The the scooter explosion, (laughs) it's already happened. It's not going to happen again. He's going to get to 12 homers tonight. I mean, he, he homered again yesterday against the Dodgers
2: because apparently that's what he does now. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I guess Scooter makes some sense. I just, in that stadium, I don't really feel the need to push it when Baez is 2,100 at home and
1: Cano is only 800 more. Yeah, Cano is just going to be the default, though, for me. Uh, moving over to third base, Chris Bryant got some rest over the weekend. He's only 3,800 going up against Clayton Richard. You talk about expensive building blocks, You know, assuming that he's healthy enough to be in the lineup and after two days off in the last three i would expect that to be the case i think chris bryant makes a ton of sense today having relaxed a little bit over the weekend yeah and and it's it's a matchup that he should just be at a huge advantage
2: so i I will probably go at bryant a fair amount but if not it'll be kyle seager at third mostly for me 3200 um trying to see if there's anybody below that worth messing with i mean Even if you think Corey Kluber is awesome, which I, I certainly do, I mean Machado at home might be worth a tournament bullet at three thousand, um, if only because if if you're you know trying to save at the position. Um, but yeah, otherwise that's probably all I'm really. I guess forsyth maybe at twenty two hundred could make some sense, but pretty much between those four guys, I think, and I'm certainly mostly looking at Seeger and Bryant. Yeah, Matt Chapman's only two thousand, the the rookie for the A's, but it's against Brad Peacock, Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean the the power is huge and he probably walks once or twice against Peacock, but that that's almost like a detriment. It's like if 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 Peacock's missing the zone, it's Chapman's
1: not going to swing at anything. Yeah, so kind of cuts both ways, I guess, with trying to pick on Brad Peacock. Uh shortstops. You look at uh, Trey Turner, he's the most expensive option, Correa's at 4300 assuming you can't pay up there Corey seager at 3700 as part of a seager stack Seager stack day that could make a ton of sense and I, I see the case for that uh brandon crawford another one of the yeah. giants lefties though at 3000 that even if you don't want to play panic and you don't want to play belt crawford's got pop at shortstop so in that stadium i, I like his homer chances today yeah i think crawford if i'm picking between all those giants Based on the position and the alternatives at shortstop and how much they cost, yeah, Crawford's probably my favorite giant on the board today.
2: Yeah, it's easier to pick a a giant at shortstop than it is at first. so as appealing as Belt is, it's a uh, you know it's a little painful passing up some of those other bigger names at that position. There's not really anybody but Seeker that I'm worried about missing out on at shortstop.
1: Agreed. Uh, as far as other cheaper options go, I mean, maybe in GPPs, Tulo against Austin Bibbins Dirks at twenty seven hundred, but Tullo's been bad. Yeah, uh, I
2: was going to say in a tournament, I think against Sanchez, Motter can hit a homer, uh, twenty seven hundred. He's too hit or miss to be considered in cash, but uh, he could give you a home run at twenty seven hundred, and I assume he's not going to be that highly owned even in tournaments. Um, but yeah, otherwise at short, uh, just don't really feel like. Bothering
1: with other things, the production from Orlando Arcia hasn't been anything to write home about. But the price continues to be cheap. He's only two thousand. I know I mentioned a lot of the struggles for Garrett Cole, men against lefties. You're, you're looking for salary relief and GPP punts. Two thousand for Arcia is still very nice. Yeah, I won't be picking him today,
2: but I I, I do think he's going to be a, a pretty good bat, and not that far from now. Like I don't expect like a Lindor type outcome but i think there's for his age he's been pretty encouraging he has moments of real power flash too um but yeah it's
1: unfortunate he's not a lefty today moving over to the outfield uh bryce harper against justin nicolino even though it's lefty lefty i kind of like that as a low owned harper day but it's going to cost you 4600 yeah that's what harper costs uh but you start looking at some of the outfielders that are, are more affordable and again i, I like the astro stack against gossett it doesn't take anyone uh, with a lot of experience to, to point that out anybody can make that call on their own uh, you start looking a little further down you, you see some value at the position quickly the the Boston outfielders are still cheap Benintendi is only 3,400 uh, it's a case where I, I don't I don't really like any of the Royals pitchers their bullpens underperformed a bit so that could still work um, but Derek Fisher at twenty two hundred is going to be heavily owned, assuming he gets the nod against Gossett because that frees up cash. It's a lot like the, the Bradley Zimmer price yeah. tag a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I actually
2: I happen to think Fisher's a better prospect personally, so I, I, I will be among the, the people applying the chalk there. Uh, that's it's going to be really hard to avoid. It's yeah, it, it's it, it's a real risk that the like Kershaw plus Baez plus you know Kano also plus fisher thing is going to be like a collectively like 35 percent owned combo but it's so much
1: upside at such little cost with those guys so i can't figure this out why has gregory polanco been so bad i mean he's 3100 he's going up against matt garza he's getting a park boost he should be high up in the order for the pirates if you're thinking about josh bell you have to at least consider polanco as one of your three outfielders right yeah it's he's where
2: is he anyway 34 3100 3100 so yeah he's like 300 less than adam frazier um didn't expect that to happen before this year uh is
1: he just playing hurt i honestly don't know i I think he was for a while he homered over the weekend and if you look at the more recent body of work you don't see at least i haven't seen enough of a spike to think that he was necessarily turning it around he's got a 634 ops his last 30 He's four for his last 24 including that home run. I just I didn't think he could be this bad. I thought last year was that big step forward, the 22 home runs, 17 steals. I thought more of the same was kind of the new baseline and the possibility of like a 30-homer season with 20 steals was still there uh, as he continues to uh, really make adjustments and become a premier corner outfielder at the big league level what he's done through 52 games this year has made me kind of dial that back a little bit because this is not that far away from the line we saw from polanco uh, back in 2015 okay yeah i mean i,
2: I i'm a f- pretty firm believer in his talent so i guess if he's failing to meet expectations i'd be inclined to think it's re- related to durability problems but uh Yeah, I guess guess the contact is there as high as ever. It's like BABIP's 20 points lower than last year, and there's been no power, but lower strikeouts, so
1: I guess... There's no reason he can't get going in a context like this against Garza. What have you been doing with Malik Smith? He's twenty six hundred now. He goes up against Scott Feldman and the Reds. There's a
2: couple of goofy prices in that game at outfield, like Billy Hamilton at twenty eight hundred. I think is pretty interesting. I know Odorizzi is has good numbers at home, but he's he's got a huge distinction between his ERA and FIP uh, for the second year in a row. Um, but yeah, Malik Smith is interesting. Uh, he he gets on base walking and and with the bat both and once he does get there he can run obviously so i think he makes a lot of sense um yeah i don't know how to approach the uh, the outfield uh distribution in the sense it's like it, it feels kind of weird to have both fisher and a malik smith type of player in the same lineup but i like them both a lot and they're both so cheap that i, I might do it like there's not any homer potential with Malik, but he uh can steel bases and i think that a uh, tampa's bats at home against a pitcher like feldman means they're going to score some points and it's a leadoff guy
1: and even those guys like billy ham i've seen billy hamilton homer in person and it's <laughs> crazy like it, it, i think it was maybe father's day a year ago or two years ago he first first at bat of the game drove one right down the the right field line at miller park and i just shook my head I'm like how how is this possible like how did he do that <laughs> you never know every once in a while someone gets a grooved fastball early in the game and it, i think that's part of why anthony rizzo has been tearing it up as a leadoff guy like he's sitting there just looking for a for like a, a meatball fastball on the very first pitch and it's happening a little bit teams are throwing that because pitchers try to come out throw a strike just kind of get into the right mindset with that first pitch and a, a power bat. like rizzo can certainly take advantage of it but even a little skinny guy like Malik Smith occasionally can get into one. And even if he doesn't, if he gets on a couple times, scores a couple runs, steals a base, that's a pretty nice performance as well. Uh, any other outfielders that are on your your radar for today? Oh uh, well, the Dodgers stack is
2: pretty appealing. Like Bellinger and uh, Jock Peterson going against Wheeler are, are interesting to me. Uh, Bellinger's really expensive nowadays, but by any measure, plenty worth it. Um, as far as a cheaper one, I guess if you're looking at a cub stack, if, if Al Mora's in he's down at uh, the same price as Derek Fisher, uh, at home against the lefty, he might be interesting if he's high enough in the order, but, uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise I guess more generally I'm, I might take a shot at Mookie Betts at that price, uh, maybe Bradley and Benintendi too, just because they're, they're cheap despite the team's overall disappointing play. Um I'm a little bit intrigued by the Tampa guys cuz they've they've just been pretty reliable at home and I I think their bats are actually per, for real uh, at least the power is. So th- there's interest along those lines and then otherwise yeah it's just I guess it's mostly a day where it's try to try to get some Dodgers and get uh, uh a lot of exposure against Sanchez and
1: uh the Texas guy who I I just don't know what his name is. Yeah, Austin Bibbins Dirks is the guy. But uh, I miss Kevin Kiermeyer. I, I liked when Kiermeyer was locked into that number two spot for the Rays. He'd cost 26, dollars $2,800, and those days, of course, are done for now with the, uh, the hip injury he suffered a little over a week ago. Baseball fans, baseball is in full swing, which means FanDuel is also in full swing, and it's better than ever. It's fantasy baseball for everyday fans. New contests starting every day. No busted seasons. You can pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. At late swap contests for this year, so you can change players out right up until the start time of their individual game. No more worrying about a pop up storm or a late lineup scratch. There are also non late swap contests that are still available too if you prefer to go a little more traditional with it. Uh, updated scoring includes quality starts, so pitchers have more control over their own performance. There's also friends mode uh, where you can create a league for your friends, choose the days you play each week, contests are automatically created, and a leaderboard keeps track of how everybody stacks up against each other. A lot of 50-50s for me coming up over these next few weeks. Got to get that bankroll uh, nice and, and full as we move through the summer months. Have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to fanduel.com slash RW. Special offer for new users. Deposit today. And you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. It's fanduel.com slash RW. It's going to wrap things up for this episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast. Joe and Todd are back with you for the Tuesday slate.